Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Weird Tales Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, June is National Pride Month, um, and so I am going to take a step back from the microphone. You're welcome. And uh, leave it up to other voices and other stories today. Um, for the rest of the month, uh, the, for the remaining four Mondays of the month, uh, we're featuring stories um, by LGBTQ plus uh, authors, and they're read by LGBTQ plus readers. And uh, that's what we're doing for the rest of the month. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, one last thing before I go, if you would be so kind as to check out the Black Visions Collective, you can find them at blackvisionsmn.org. Uh, they are located in St. Paul, uh, the St. Paul, Minneapolis area of Minnesota, where all of the... Hey, this is Future Tycho breaking in. I just wanted to say that I had uh, papered over this with some sort of nicety about it, but there's no way to be nice about it. It's where George Floyd was murdered. He was murdered, brutally killed, and with absolutely no regard. And, you know, it's great that, that they, they have been arrested and charged. That's, that's awesome. But that's not, you know, that's not a reason to stop the protest. The protests are all doing, we're doing great stuff with this and we need to keep it up. So here at Weird Tales Podcast, Black Lives Matter, Gay and Lesbian Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter. And as, and as the voice of the Weird Tales Podcast, I stand with you. Um, please feel free to look into them, uh, make a donation. Uh, I know they would really appreciate it. I'm, I'm done now. I will leave it up to, uh, I, will, I will now hand it off to, uh, to Sawyer, who is this week's reader. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, I'm Sawyer Green. I use he, him pronouns, and I am beyond excited to be a part of this project. I've only been voice acting for about seven or eight months, but I've been training in musical theater since the age of 10. If you want to hear me in another show, I would suggest looking into This Planet Needs a Name, where I play a featured cast member. If you want to get to know me, my TikTok is at Queer Elf Club, and my Twitter is at Queer underscore Elf underscore Club. The Magus Club by Craig Lawrence Gidney Lice were everywhere on the corpse, but they are particularly populous on the underside, between the scrotum and the anus. With chittering mandibles, they feast on dead flesh, tearing white flakes with their serrated jaws. The pilgrim watches an abundance of legs and translucent tote bodies as they graze. It is beautiful, the patterns of lace and saliva they make of the scales of skin. He could watch them forever as they slowly chew the expanse to nothingness. But he can't ignore the call in his body. It plays over the cobweb network of his nerves, a tintinabulation that won't end and drives him on and on. He felt the call as soon as he arrived on the corpse. Everyone here obeys some epic urge. His memory, his name, all vanished, to be replaced by the hideous, electric, itching call that drove him across the corpse, over the nipples and the vast expanse of the belly. Strange cities sprouted on the rotting ground of the corpse. Structures of bone and gristle, cemented by blood and bile, where tame lice hooked up to rickshaws patrolled narrow streets. These cities, lit by energy powered from the dying brainwaves and rigor mortis, were dangerous places. They were glorified slums for criminals, ruled by cults and tyrants. Brothels full of succubi and catamites festered like infections in their alleys. The pilgrim avoided them. The call drove him through areas fouled by clouds of decay, 
He would wrap rags around his mouth as he traveled through corrosive yellow mists. It drove him around craters filled with old brown-red blood. The corpse had been tattooed. The tattoo slithered beneath the dermis. Animated symbols. He spent a month in the scabrous caves of the nose, nesting among its gray hairs, trying to reconstruct his past to no avail. A syllable of his name would dance on his tongue just beyond reach. A face would hover in memory only to fade just as quickly. Was he in some kind of hell? After a while, he grew to accept his amnesia. It had its benefits, and he was soon to discover that all who lived on the corpse had lost their names and identities. He traveled over the dome of the head where follicle trees fell and crashed every moment. There were fewer pilgrims up here. Most of them were hermits, driven mad by their own calls. It was in the eye when he first heard of the Magus Club. It was rumored that sorcerers could remove the call from people. Maybe they could restore his name. The club lies just beyond the herd of lice. He is prepared, having encountered the wild monsters in the pubes. During the journey on the buttocks, he collects dried pustules, warts, and the meaty strands of hemorrhoids. He draws them out from his briefcase, waving the sores in front of him. Meat and dust. Transparent bodies pause, scent the air, and eyes that jewel the ends of antenna flicker. He tosses a wart in the air, and the herd of lice disperses, heading toward the treat. The pilgrim throws another one and more lead lice in its direction. Just as he is tossing the last of the encrustations, a fellow pilgrim bursts from behind a copse of pubic hair and takes advantage of the diversion. The pilgrim is annoyed, until he sees the man is followed by a louse not distracted by the bait. It trundles gracelessly, still quicker than its prey, and overtakes him. Anguished cries, the snap of bone and tendon, they are hard to ignore as he slips past the scene. The stench of voided bowels and exposed viscera rises vomit in his gorge. The ground shakes. Another volcanic fart burbles from the anus. The sphincter quivers, and a staircase of stench climbs the air around him. The pilgrim skirts the lips of the anus gingerly. It is encrusted with old excrement, so he presses a rag to his nose again. Catching his breath, the pilgrim looks around, taking in the architecture. It wavers in the perpetual twilight and never settles on a single style. The bewitched building materials are stone, wood, mortar, thatch, stucco, iron, brick at any given time. It's as if the building can't make up its mind and erases and redraws itself. The pilgrim gets dizzy focusing on the myriad nascent forms that stretch and curl before him. Gothic cathedrals collapse into suburban compounds, which erect in turn rusting warehouses. Hybrid forms are created, Indian temples with automatic doors, medieval monasteries sprouting the metallic fungus of satellite dishes, castles made of adobe. Voices drift on the breeze, soft and subsonic and full of sibilants. Snatches of song, gasps of ecstasy or agony, a run of laughter all tickle his ears. The pilgrim feels the very ground beneath his feet that shifts from dirt to flagstones to cobbles 
vibrate with footsteps and their echoes. The sounds add themselves to the call that reverberates through his brain. A clatter of pipes. A soothing female voice that bleeds into a scream. Waves that crash and hiss. Glass that vibrates then shatters. The buttery sound of a horn. The lonely cry of a loon. All fill his ears. The pilgrim is assaulted by all sorts of smells. The antiseptic sting of industrial chemicals, rotting food, gas, overripe fruit and flowers, salt spray, honeysuckle, the freshness of snow, motherly vanilla, the humid smell of shit, the taste of ash in the air. The walls, whatever material state they are currently in, sweat the odors out. The pilgrim stands still for a moment adjusting himself to the swirling chaos that surrounds him, the sensory and synesthetic overload. Then he goes forward on his quest. The door to the Magus Club is wooden, warped by time and darkened by soot and grime. A face, pocked and nude, is carved in the wood of the door. When the pilgrim approaches, the closed eyes splinter open, and a green lambency oozes forth. Enter me. The wooden face croaks in a resinous voice, and it flows down the mottled wooden surface of the door until it is level with the pilgrim's crotch. The lips part, revealing a red, pulsating gullet. It is obvious what key he must use to enter the club. The pilgrim unbuttons his trousers and places his flaccid member down the wooden throat. The interior is smooth. The wooden lips constrict around his cock, tightening around the base. There is a rumble as the sucking mechanism commences. The pilgrim feels the velvet slipperiness, and there's a flash of memory. A face of flesh, with a cleft chin slowly licking his body down to his cock, ingesting it, the strains of Nina Simone's contralto in the background, a ceiling stained with the brown islands of watermarks, and the memory slips away. The vibrations stop after a moment, and gears and cogs shift as door swings open inward. The pilgrim adjusts his fly and steps in the hallway. The floor of the hallway is tiled in mirror, reflecting the black emptiness of the ceiling above. The walls are bone-white and luminous and cast a triptych of shadows that distort the pilgrim's every step. A few steps down the corridor, and he hears the door close behind him with a thud. The walls are as soft as flesh and as pliant. They hold the memory of his fingerprints for a moment before smoothing out. And a flash of memory. Other flesh that held the memory of his fingerprints, a green glass ashtray overflowing with butts, bodies tangled in each other in sheets with paisley designs. The call is louder here than it ever was. It is now a silver, needle-thin scream that leads him down the hallways of gauze and flesh. Perhaps he will end up mad after all. The corpse is rotting. Why wouldn't it rot the minds of those who live on its surface? He glances down in the mirror floor and sees his own face, the hollow eyes, the gaunt cheeks, and the sallow undertone to his dark skin. He barely recognizes himself. He is a walking corpse on the corpse. Did death do this to him, or the call? The hallways of the Magus Club twist and turn like vines, 
The passages veer off to the left and to the right with no logic. Rooms grow like tumors. Honeycombed through the living walls, most of them are dark and empty. But every now and then, the pilgrim will see an occupied cell protected by a thin membrane, like a transparent eyelid. In one cell, a photographer develops pictures endlessly. The pilgrim pauses to watch him work in his red-lit darkroom. Images of flowers and negro genitalia emerge from chemical baths. The photographer obsessively places them on the ovoid surface of the walls where they are absorbed. The flowers of negritude, whispers the pilgrim. In another cell, a black writer with the white hair of Santa Claus writes on his cell's wall. The words are backwards, dyslexic, and they vanish as each sentence is completed, slowly turning in a vista that shows a decaying industrial city lit by two moons. The call draws him on, past other rooms and scenes. A group of men, gaunt and wasted, form a circle jerk, and their mingled seed creates a pearl that glows. Pearl seed, the pilgrim thinks, fathers of pearl. A philosopher, bald and bespectacled, reads revolutionary texts while being whipped by a boy the color of coffee with cream. He knocks at each door, begging for entrance. The inhabitants ignore him, concentrating on their own madnesses. The call is unbearable now. It rings and reverberates through his body, rattling bone and brain. He turns a corner and sees it in one of the honeycomb pots. The call. The call is a man made of sound. Flesh that sings, muscles that pulse, blood cells that are notes. A sound wave in human form. And another flash of memory. Bending over synthesizer modules and flickering computer screens and guitars creating hymns on the thonic soul within. He was a musician. This much is clear. He took sound and shaped it. Anything and everything was his palette. The sound of insects, the voices of scholars, were woven within his abstract compositions, giving life to dreams. The shape of the man of sound is his own. It wears, or sings, his face. His name is hidden in the notes. The pilgrim approaches the membrane that separates him from the thing he seeks. The membrane does not give. The pilgrim withdraws a knife from his briefcase and pierces the stuff. It parts, and he catches a scent of the marvelous music within. The gash immediately fills, becomes whole and impenetrable, and silence descends. It is a waterfall that hardens to diamond. The pilgrim beats against the no longer flexible membrane until his palms are bloodied. His soul sits in the honeycomb cell, blissfully unaware of the tumult. The soul shimmers with decibels. The call is louder now than it's ever been. The frequency shatters his density, separating the very cells of his body. His ears and nose begin to bleed. The pilgrim slides down the glass doorway, leaving a smear of blood that is absorbed by the sheet of diamond, tinting it cruel pink. It is useless. His whole life, or afterlife. Curse it all, this horrible corpse. If he could, he would destroy it all. Weeping on the floor of mirrors, he says a name. In a sound like crashing glass and falling water, the membrane falls apart. 
the awful call that's followed him for ages in the Deadlands ceases its ringing. The pilgrim stands and smiles, dripping blood, and steps into the cell. The cell closes again, leaving two occupants in the cool interior. The man of sound rises and approaches the man of flesh. Face to face, they kiss. Lips locked, they devour each other, saliva and sound, until they permeate each other. Flesh and wave absorb one another. Hybrid and hyphenate, they are a new creature, imbued with a new quest. It is the goal of all of the prisoners of the Magus Club. What spell will resurrect the corpse?